Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. It's so good to be back with you again today. Last week I started a series um, called uh, In the Secret Place. And I think it's really important that we learn uh, to dwell in the secret place. We learn the power of dwelling in the secret place. And we're coming off of Psalm 91. So let's read Psalm 91 real quick, and then I'm going to talk about, um, I I hope to share some things that will be helpful to you. Look at uh, verse 1. And we're just going to look at two verses right now. This thing is, is, and I I dealt with verse 1 last time. I'm going to land on verse 2 this time. This thing is so full of of richness. Whoever dwells in the shelter or the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, remember that. If I don't get to it, I'll deal with it this week. The importance of saying the words. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. We'll take a minute to land on what I think is the key to entering in and dwelling in the secret place. And the secret place is that place where we find find a peace, that it's a supernatural peace, a peace that you cannot get any other way. Uh, When a world is falling apart, we find a peace that keeps us moving forward. Um, it, there's a supernatural joy that comes about in our life. That is in that secret place, and it's really all about a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. We enter the secret place uh, through a personal relationship with Jesus. What I want to do is kind of look at some things that may keep us out of, of entering in, because I'm sure there are some of you that are saying, but I, wanna, I want to get there, but for some reason I can't seem to figure out how. I, and, and we've all observed over, you know, I've observed, I think being a pastor, I've been around so many believers over the years. Um, I've observed people who you can tell have learned, have found the secret place and have learned to dwell there. And then there are also, I believe, Followers of Christ who are just as sincere in their salvation um, as people who, as the others, but who just never seem to find that secret place, never seem to be able to get to that place where they experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, where they experience the fullness of the relationship with God, where they experience the fullness of God's wisdom in, in in an intimate relationship where you, you hear his voice. And so what I want us to do is kind of break this down because I believe especially, especially these days, sometimes it's hard to learn how to do something when you're right in the middle of the problem. We're better off learning how to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and resting in the shadow of the Almighty um, before the storm hits. But... There are many people who are going to need to experience this now. Maybe you haven't before, and the storm is here. And we need to learn how to walk in, in, in this storm and find the secret place. Um, 
I think the difference is found in relationship. Religion cannot give you this supernatural peace. You know, as long as things are going good, religion's fine. As long as things are going great in the world and going great in our life, uh, religion is fine. Checking off the box of did I, did I attend a worship service or not, or uh, check off the box, did I pray a prayer before my meal or a, a prayer before I went to bed tonight, checking off the boxes. And, and religion can work uh, fine for those things. We're not talking about eternity here. I'm talking about just how we live our lives daily on this earth. But religion doesn't work well um, for actual going through the difficulties of life. And then is when we need a relationship. And we want to walk in relationship with the Lord. I think the key to the secret place, the key to the place that, we're, that, we, that I just read about and that we're talking about here, is found in the last word of verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God has to be personal. Uh, you can't find peace in somebody else's God. You'll only find peace when God becomes your God. And he says, in whom I trust. I think the key is in trust. It's, it's the key that gets us into the secret place is trust. We have to learn to trust. And, and some of you are going to say, bud, you know, I just have a hard time with trusting. Um, let me share it like this. I don't think any of us have weak trust muscles. Um, I think probably everybody listening to me, I think we all have probably strong trust muscles. It's just a matter of where, where's our trust directed? Who are we putting our trust in? Um, you may be trusting in, and, and think about this. You may be trusting in your, your choosing to not trust to keep you happy. You may be saying, I'm going into a relationship. I'm not going to trust in this relationship. Therefore, if I don't trust, I won't be hurt. What are you doing? Where well, you're trusting in not trusting to keep you from being hurt. So in reality, I think we all trust in something. We trust in money. We trust in people. We trust in relationships. We trust in a lot of things. And in moments like we're living in now, um, the beautiful thing is we've got the opportunity because a lot of the things we trust are, are being stripped away from us. And uh, many of you have, have lost jobs. Um, and maybe at this point you were able to trust as long as you had, you knew where your finances were going to come from. But now your trust is, is uh, you're having a, a hard time trusting. Why? Because maybe your trust was, was displaced. Maybe it was in the wrong place. Um, there, there's so many, maybe you're trusting in a relationship. You're trusting in a boyfriend to make you happy. You're trusting in a, in a husband or a wife to bring complete fulfillment to your life when God didn't build us in such a way that a human being can bring complete fulfillment to our life we can only find that in our relationship with the lord um i think when it comes to trust we have we have to we have to get to this place to realize that trust doesn't mean that we don't uh, we don't get hit with fear trust doesn't mean that we don't struggle 
Trust means that we have put our trust in a God that we know loves us and will be there no matter what. Our view of God is going to uh, play fully, completely into how we trust him or whether we trust him or not. And so the knowledge that we have of him, Ephesians 1.17, Paul's prayer uh, for the Ephesian people was that, that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know the Lord. A spirit of wisdom and revelation that they may know him better. And so if you think about that, it's a matter of knowledge. It's a matter of getting to know him. It's just like, it's just like human relationship. The more you get to know someone, the better you can love. Now, somebody may say, well, yeah, I know. I, I, I loved somebody until I uh, found out how they were. No, sometimes that's when we really get to start to, to truly love because true love involves forgiveness. True love involves acceptance. True love looks at other people and says, I, I don't expect perfection. That, that's what comes from the Lord. Um, so then you really enter into this place where unselfish love starts to take place now that's in our relationship uh any direction a couple things let me put a uh, throw out a couple things i think that are that hinder us in our going into the secret place to keep us from being able to sit and experience the peace of god in the midst of a storm one of those one of the things I think the, one of the biggest struggles that we, um, that we deal with is do I view God as a, as a loving Heavenly Father or do I view Him as an angry God who, uh, who's out to get me every time I mess up? None of us want to go into a secret place with an angry God who's out to get us. None of us want to do that. And if that's your view of God, and how do we get that view of God? You can, you can pick that, sadly, you could have picked that view up in church. I can, remember, I can remember when I first started church, I struggled at times really getting a grasp on, see, I wasn't raised up in church. And so when I came to Jesus, I had no church background. And I, was, I realized that I was a, a horrible sinner. And, in, and so when Jesus saved me, I experienced his, his forgiveness and his grace and his love. Then when I started going to church, I started hearing about this mean, angry God. And I was trying in my mind to reconcile the difference between this God that I had met, that just forgave me, that just filled me with his love, that had just filled me with his spirit, and this mean, angry God that was out to get everybody at every second, and the only way out of it was live a perfect life, and none of us can do that. So at that point, I think we're going to pull back from this secret place. That's not a God that any of us want to go into a secret place. We don't want him looking at our life in, in such detail, so we tend to, to, to pull away. We tend to go move away from him instead of moving closer to him. Here's the thing, he already knows everything about you. He already knows everything about me. Think about this, this, this psalm, Psalm 91, was either written by Moses or David. And I don't know which, but it was, it was written by Moses or David. 
from, from, what, from what I have been able to, to find out. Either one of those guys, think about this. Moses was a murderer. Um, he murdered an Egyptian, and God had to take him out of the, the place where he was to put him in seclusion so that he could learn and grow. David, now this is after David had learned to walk. David had found the secret place of the Most High. He had learned to walk in the secret place, and even with that, we're not perfect. David, um, David committed adultery, and then... With that, he put a hit out on the husband of his girlfriend and had him killed. And yet, God loved him and used him in such a powerful way. Your sin will not keep you from the secret place. Jesus came to pay the price for your sin. And if you put your trust and faith in him, he gets rid of the sin you were clean to walk in, not in your own righteousness, but in his righteousness. So maybe it's a matter of learning to trust him, not in me. And I think that's, that's where we fail sometimes. We, we trust in ourselves. What can we produce? Um, how can I earn my way into this secret place? And you can't. We can't earn our way in. It's a matter of trusting our way in. I think some people struggle because they've created their own God. And sometimes I think we can look, we, we see in our society that there seems to be a greater desire for, to try to get God to know me than for me to get to know Him. He already knows me, He already knows everything about me. He knew me before I was even. Before I even was conceived in my mother's womb, he knew me. He knew Jeremiah before he was even born. He knew him. He knows us. And so when we begin to create, when we begin to create God rather than uh, and, and, and try to make him who we want him to be, that God can't stand in the time of storms. And I can see in so many ways our society, we've kind of created God to be what we wanted him to be. And so we created this image. And very often, if we look in the mirror, we can see the image of the God we created because rather than us becoming like him and rather than us being conformed to his image, we have tried to conform him to our image. And so we tell him who we are. We tell him what our identity is. We tell him what we need. We tell him what we want. We put our demands out for him, and we reduce, we reduce him to uh, not even a God anymore. Well, that God is not a God that you want a secret place with because that God can't get you through the storm. That God will fail you because it's a created God, a God we created. But when we embrace the God who is, when we embrace him as the God he is, and we, and we put our trust and faith in him and we enter into the secret place, man, God does some things in our life that the world cannot understand. As a world is, is going crazy, those 
of you who find the secret place and you, and, and you go there, and I'm not talking about a physical place. I'm talking about uh, in your relationship with the Lord. You find that intimate relationship and you go there. And when you find yourself getting afraid, you just come in to that secret place and, and you just sit with him and, and let his presence fill you. Tell him, God, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself feeling, af- feeling afraid. I find myself getting scared. And so I'm coming into you. I'm coming to where you are because you are my protection. You are my fortress. You are my refuge. And so we come into his presence and we let him begin to feel the, the empty places. If you see God as an angry God, um, you're, you're not going to want to dwell if you see God as a distant, impersonal God, He doesn't really care about your daily life. He doesn't really care about uh, what goes on in your life. You're going to find yourself not moving toward Him in a relationship, but moving away from Him. Um, and we see this even in, in human relationships. You don't want to move toward that God. But when you understand that God is love, and I think this is, I think this is the part that changed my life forever, is when I realize God is is love not not god has the ability to love not one of the characteristics of god is love god is love he can do nothing but love now can love get angry yes but you know what my mind cannot even fathom this but does god get angry at my sin let me tell you what what he did Jesus went to the cross and all the anger of God and the wrath of God towards sin came upon Jesus on that cross and the judgment of sin on that cross. He's not mad at me about my sin. When I, when I come to Him, when we are born again, when we come to Him and we repent of our sin, and repent meaning we change our mind. We, we change our mind from I'm going to live my life for me to I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to live a life not, not seeking out fleshly desires, but I want to seek to be filled with the Spirit. When we change our mind, when He comes in and He forgives us our sin, um, in, in that moment, we take on a new identity, and that new identity is found in Him. And I'm afraid sometimes if we're not careful, if we see God wrong, we see us wrong. If my view of God is going to have a lot to do with my view of who I am, and if I view an angry, mean God who's always upset about something that I have done, something that I forgot to do, um, he's always upset about it. If I see that, then I'm going to view myself from a place of, of, of a deep insecurity where my relationship with God is concerned. And, and that's not who he is. I'm hoping that through this series and in our time together, I'm hoping that, that we all learn to dive in. I'm hoping that we all learn to, to, to get, go into that secret place and the things that are keeping us from going there, that we learn to set them aside. I'm hoping that you begin to find your own righteousness in Him, not, not self-righteousness. I truly believe that self-righteousness, unforgiveness, 
Um, and, and think about this. Why is forgiving people so important? And how can unforgiveness keep us out of, not out of heaven, um, but out of the, the secret place, out of, the, out of that place of the Spirit-filled life where we are in the presence of the Lord experiencing a personal deep relationship? Why is unforgiveness uh, such an issue? And Jesus talked about it as being a big issue. Why is that? Who are we to accept the fullness of the forgiveness of the Lord yet not extend that to other people? I can't fully experience His love and His forgiveness unless I, unless I am able to release somebody else. And, and the reason for that, think about the psychological and spiritual side of this. If I can't forgive you, then I can't fully understand the price that jesus paid for me and if i can't forgive you i don't fully understand my own depravity before i come to jesus i think it's so vital that we all understand that we are that we all were born into this world in a with a sin nature and if i can't see the power of forgiveness in 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 jesus forgiving me in my own life I'm never going to be able to fully experience that if I don't extend that to you. Forgiveness is big. Self-righteousness will keep you from entering into the secret place. Self-righteousness is just a, and listen to me, a lot of times we think self-righteousness, selfishness, is somebody that's really, self-righteousness just means that my righteousness, what, what is going to make me in right standing with God is, is a righteousness that I can come up with on my own and can't do it. You can't do it. I can't do it. None of us can do that. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul tells us that we are, that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus did that. There was a trade-off that happened. And that trade-off was this. We, we were sinners, and we could not be righteous. There was no righteousness in us, sinners, with no ability to be righteous. Jesus was righteous with no sin in him. And he went to the cross, and he took my sin on the cross. So he took my sin and gave me his righteousness. I've got to be willing to just say, okay, I, here's, here's my sin. Here's my life. And Jesus is saying, yes, and I'm, on, I'm going to give you my life. And he gives us his life. He gives us his righteousness. He makes us holy in him. And if you really think about it, when we come up to the door of the secret place, the spiritual door, when we come up to the door of the secret place, um, all the Father has to do is see Jesus in us and we have access to walk in. I think every child of God has access. Whether we go in or not is, is, a, whole, is a whole nother story. Um, there is a, there's a, a story that, uh, let, let me mention this, and I want, to tell, I want to tell this little story before we, uh, before we conclude. I don't think anybody, I think Paul understood this thing about the secret place. The Apostle Paul uh, who was Saul, had persecuted the church. He, he's born again. God takes him and he 
secludes him away from everybody for a few years so that he can pour revelation into him. That revelation knowledge its of knowing Jesus, it's not just information that we hear somewhere. It is revelation knowledge that comes into our heart, turns a light on, and changes our life. But listen to this verse in Philippians, and I love Paul's heart. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. He said, there is nothing in this world like knowing the Lord, and there's nothing worth hanging on to that would prevent us from knowing Him at a deeper level and, and knowing Him better. I consider them garbage, he said, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through Christ in faith, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, and I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering there was abs what do you do if you're the devil? What do you do with a man like Paul? You can't mess this man up. He looks at all the reasons that he would have to brag, and he says, I'm not going to boast in them. Those are all things that would keep me from getting closer to Jesus. All the, all the accolades of man, and he says, they mean nothing to me because I want to know Jesus. And we all want to know him in the power of his resurrection, but what do you do with the man who says, and I want, to, I want to know him in the fellowship of suffering. What do you do with a man like that? And then we think, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, in our minds we're thinking, you know, somebody dies. That's the worst, worst thing that can happen. What do you do with a man, the Apostle Paul? What do you do with this man who says, well, you know what, it's better for you guys that I hang out here, but it's a lot better for me if I just go on to be with Jesus. What do you do with that man? You can't mess him up no matter what you do. And I think that, that, the secret of that is, is, is Paul learning the secret place. Paul learning to spend time with God and and experiencing the power and the strength that comes from the Lord. He's sitting there getting peace that passes all understanding, that he experiences a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And all of that comes out of a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. It doesn't come from being a Christian. It doesn't come from going to church. It comes from an intimate, an intimate Relationship with Jesus. Self-righteousness is just saying, I'm going to try to earn my way in. And the beautiful thing is when you stop trying to earn your way in and realize that he already paid the price for you to go in, all you've got to do is trust the price that he paid. And you walk in to that place. There is a little story, I, I say a little story, it's huge, but I want to read this to you <clears throat> out of the book of Luke. Um, I think it's a beautiful picture of a lady who learned what is required 
to get into the secret place. And this is Luke uh, chapter 7, verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman this is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered, Simon, I have to tell you something. Tell me, teacher. He said, two people owe money to a certain money lender, Jesus said. One of them owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of these would love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see what this woman, uh, do you see this woman? I came to your house and you didn't give me any water uh, for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven as her great love was shown. But whoever has forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this one who forgives sin? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This woman learned how to get. It was, it was how the key to the secret place. She walked into that room where she knew that she was going to be criticized. But she walked into that room trusting in Jesus. And as she walked into the room and she put her trust in him, she put her worship in through her trust and she began to worship him. Why would she love him more? It's not because she, her sin was so much greater than everybody else's sin. It's because she understood the greatness of the sin. Some of you out there may say, you know, I, I don't have all that stuff. I've never... I've never committed adultery. I've, I've never uh, robbed a store. I've never murdered anybody. I've never hated anybody. So, you know, you may think I, I can get into the secret place. No, no, no. It's not a matter of the measure of sin. It's the matter of understanding that no matter how small you, you might think it is, the perception of sin is that any sin, any sin took Jesus to the cross, any sin. The sin of gossip took Jesus to the cross, any sin. The, the sin of backbiting took Jesus to the cross. The sin of, of the disunity of the body of Christ took Jesus. The sin, sin took Jesus to the cross. It doesn't matter what sin it was or how bad you may think. In the moment that you begin to realize your sin, not in comparison to other people's lives, but in comparison to the price that Jesus had to pay for it, and that moment, something's going to happen inside of you. There's going to be a trust that comes. And you're going to say, yes, 
maybe like David, I committed adultery and I put a hit out on my girlfriend's husband, but he forgave me and he loves me and he's invited me in. He didn't kick me out of the secret place. I'm, I'm walking with him. Maybe as Moses uh, committing murder and yet he's still welcomed in. Why? Because God forgives us when we ask him. And when we understand that it's only by His grace that any of us enter the secret place. Let me, let me wind this down. Have you ever trusted Him? Have you truly ever put your trust in Jesus? Not, tr- not asking if you put your trust in church. I'm not asking you to put your trust in your dad's relationship with Jesus or your mom's relationship with Jesus. Have you ever truly begun your own relationship and trust Him as your Savior? He said, um, He is my God, my God in whom I trust. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. He has to become a personal, personal God to you. How do you do that? It's just simply, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And you died to pay the price for sinners. I'm a sinner who could not be righteous and you were a righteous one who had never sinned and now I receive your forgiveness into my life. I choose to turn from my sin and I choose to follow you, Lord. In that moment, you can just experience a new birth. Lord, I want you in my life. Save me. The moment that I came to Jesus many, many years ago, I didn't even know how. I didn't know how to pray. Um, I didn't know all the words. But in, in my old hippie van, knelt down in the middle between, between the, the seats of my van, I pulled it off beside the side of the road. Um, couple roaches in the ashtray, a fifth under the seat. That was what I had put my trust in to give me peace and, and to help me. And in that moment, I just cried out, Jesus, give me. I didn't even know what to say. Jesus, save me. And in that moment, something happened to me that changed my life forever. Jesus Christ came into my life, and I experienced... Um, I experienced a release, a load of sin lifted off of me. And then from that, that moment on, I began to learn to walk with the Lord. I won't tell you there haven't been troubles. I won't tell you that I haven't had struggles. I've had a lot of them. But here's what I will tell you. In every single struggle I went through, I learned something about the character of God that I would never have learned probably had I not gone through it. When I failed miserably, I learned about the grace of God. When when I'm going through a struggle, I realize that I'm not strong enough to handle. I learn about His strength. When I'm going through sickness, I learn about Jehovah Rapha, the healer. When I have no money and I don't know how I'm going to make it, I learn about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. It's in those difficult moments that we learn depths of Him and things about Him that we could not learn any other way. I want to encourage you today, wherever you are right now, 
sitting in your home, whether you're wherever you're at. If, if, if your answer would be, Bud, I was saved a long time ago, I'm not asking you if you ever got saved. I'm asking you, do you have an intimate relationship? Well, I was baptized one time. I'm not asking you if you've ever been baptized. It's not what happened to you in the past that's going to get you through the current storms. It's the relationship that you have with Him now. And He wants you. He wants you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to experience His love. He wants you to experience His peace. He wants you to experience His power. He wants to come into your life and, and let you experience Him as the Father that He is that loves His child. So I want to pray with you. And I want you to, I want you just to open your heart up to the Lord right now and begin to experience Him. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. No doubt about that. And I have no righteousness of my own. Jesus, you died on a cross to pay the price for sinners. To make us your children. Saints of God, right now, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I'm not asking for a ticket to heaven. I'm asking for a relationship with a living Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.